for us. I felt him drop in my spirit that this would be a, an hour of restoration for the church. Yeah. I don't know. I, I don't know what all this church has been through. I don't know what kind of things people have dealt with here. But what I do know is that God desires to mend when things are broken. Amen. Amen. He don't leave things broken. He mends them. Amen. He fixes and repairs them. Amen. And what I love about when, when God repairs something, he don't put it back together the way it was before. Amen. But when he repairs it, he repairs it stronger than what it ever used to be. Now, for those of you who don't know me, uh, I do take my shoes off when I minister. That's just a personal conviction. And you will be uh, noticing I wear crazy socks. I tell everybody, my wife has full reign from the ankle to the shoulder. She dresses me, but she allows me to wear whatever socks that I choose. So I like to get the craziest, wildest looking socks that I can. Now, I try to color coordinate a little bit better today. Usually, they'll be yellow, and I'll, I'll be wearing a, a crazy colored tie or something that then it just clash and she gets on to me. But I, I've been trying to take notes and, and put on something that matched a little better. So. <clears throat> so that's what the socks are about, if you were wondering. <laughs> Uh, and and if, if it's okay, I'll just uh, make a couple announcements real quick and, and get them out of the way before we move into the Word. Uh, we do have CDs with us available outside uh, of the church <laughs> afterwards if anybody would, would like one. Uh, that, and that just helps us with a little extra gas money to get down the road. Yeah. Uh, when I say a little extra gas money, that's literally what I mean. <laughs> you guys know what the gas prices are right now. So uh, if you are interested in one of those, my wife can help you out after service. Uh, we we are excited about everything God is doing. Uh, some of you in here know us. You know kind of about our ministry and how we, we've been praying for a new tent. Uh, we do uh, tent revivals a lot. And our last one uh, got so dry rotted that it fell apart. Um, it's been it's been through about nine different ministries before we got it. And we used it for about two years. And uh, it was on its last mile home. And uh, now it's, it's uh, homelier than it is. Uh, sanctified so <laughs> but uh, the Lord blessed us with a new tent I just like to brag on Jesus is that okay the Lord blessed us with a new tent we were praying and uh, the one we had was a 20 by 40 we were hoping to uh, step up a little bigger to a 40 by 60 and God moved and blessed us with a 60 by 90 so that's what God does amen when we expect when we expect him to move but we don't expect big enough We've got to make sure we're able to contain the blessing we're about to receive. Amen. 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 And God laid it on someone's heart. They called us and said they had a trailer they wanted to donate to the ministry uh, to carry the tent with. So we give God glory for that. Amen. And now we're just waiting on him for a, a way to haul that trailer because it's too big for that little truck we drive. So, But God's got it. Amen. Amen. If you have the word of God with you tonight, we're going to be coming out of the book of Acts in the 28th chapter. If you're able to stand for the reading of the word, please stand. If you're not able, I understand. And if you can and don't want to, don't be lazy just for a moment. Just a few short verses here. Acts chapter 28, as you're turning there, I just want to give honor to your pastors. I'm thankful uh, that they, they felt led to have us. Thank you for opening up your pulpit to us. Uh, give honor to my pastors, David and Sheila Stamper. Uh, we're grateful and thankful for the covering we have in them. And uh, most importantly, I give honor to the Lord. And uh, I'm thankful that he has blessed me with such a wonderful helpmate. You can see I put my wife to work up here every time uh, Every time we get turned loose. Usually I, I try to push all the singing and stuff on her uh, so I can try to rest my voice. But I'm thankful God's blessed me with her. She's, uh, she's a one of a kind. She speaks her mind, but uh, she loves Jesus. Amen. Amen. <laughs> and I'm, 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 a, I'm a bit more of a, uh, I guess, easygoing, let it roll off my back like water on a duck. And, uh, and so she balances me out because things that I, I should probably open my mouth up about, uh, she does it anyway. And, and I don't have to worry about it. So. But I, I'm grateful for her. The Lord has truly blessed me. And uh, he, he blessed us with 
two wonderful boys, uh, Josiah and Judah. Those are our little miracles. Uh, maybe I can get my wife to testify about that. Uh, if you want to go ahead and testify about that, is that okay? Or you want to wait? It don't matter. Go ahead, testify. Uh, so when Josh and I first got married, uh, we, we wanted to start a family because I knew the importance of raising up a generation in church, and I've always wanted to be a mom. And uh, we were having some trouble, and I went to the doctor, and they diagnosed me with this, this, and this, and told me that it would be impossible for me to carry a child, and even if for some reason it happened, that I wouldn't carry the baby. And uh, how many knows our flesh likes to doubt? Come on. We know what the Word of God says. We know that it's true, but we're flesh. Yes. And I would put on a brave face to my husband and to my family, but I would sit in my bathroom and cry and say, yeah. God, why are you not showing up for me like you do for everybody else? And, you know, we were getting ready to start IVF treatment. And uh, the Lord woke me up one morning, and I heard his audible voice. I was by myself. My husband had already went to work, and I heard him. It was so gentle. He yeah. said, Amanda, take the test. And I sat up, and it was our wedding anniversary, and I, I argued with God. I said, God, I don't want to. Today of all days, I would rather just be happy. I don't want to take another test and see another negative. And I went back to sleep, and, you know, he had mercy on me. Because he woke me up one more time. And, you know, I took that pregnancy test, and I forgot about it. I sat it in our bathroom, and I forgot about it. But my husband was a police officer at the time, and he left home without his weapon. So he forgot his gun and had to come back home to get it. And when I saw him walk through the door, the Lord reminded me of what he had spoken to me. And I went in there, and a week to the day before I went for my first treatment, the Lord blessed me to be pregnant with our first baby. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, and, uh, you know, after we had Josiah, I, I was thankful. I, I was thankful for my miracle. So our second was a surprise. Because how many knows God likes to bless in abundance? Amen. So, so when I found out I was pregnant with little Judah here, um, I was diagnosed with something called hyperemesis gravidarum. And it's a terrible sickness. Um, your body fights against its own immune system. And, and you get really, really sick and really weak. And... Uh, the doctor sat us down when I was about seven months pregnant in her office and, and told me I needed to have an abortion in order to live. And she told me that uh, that the way my body was designed, where I wasn't supposed to have kids anyway, that the sickness I had was going to take me out if I didn't kill my baby. And I, I looked at my husband, and then I looked at her, and I said, you're the same doctor that told me that I couldn't get pregnant to begin with. And you're the same doctor that Oh, I said, so how dare you have the audacity to sit here and look at me and tell me yes. that my God won't deliver me to my I was really sick. I lost 58 pounds during that pregnancy. But I can tell you my baby was perfect. Yes. 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 So when I say that I'm thankful and I take to that his word, it is true and yes. I mean it with every fiber of yes. my being. Come on. And he shook off the beast into the fire and felt no harm. Amen. 
Howbeit they looked when they should have, when he should have swollen or fallen dead suddenly. But after they had looked a great while and saw no harm come to him, they changed their minds. And they said that he was a god. In the same quarters were possessions of the chief man of the island, whose name was Publius, Publius who received us and lodged us there three days courteously. And it come to pass that the father of Publius lay sick with a fever and a bloody flux, to whom Paul entered in and prayed and laid his hands on him and healed him. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for your presence in this place. But I ask you to continue to dwell in this house Lord, I pray that as we kick off this revival, God, that you would just let your fire burn deep in our hearts. God, that you would let every chain that has tried to hold us back be broken loose. God, that you would allow us to receive what it is you have for us. Lord, that we can leave this place changed for the better. Let us not just be encouraged for a night. Let us not just be revived, but for a moment. But let us be restored into something greater than what we ever were before yes. we were broken. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. And those in agreement say it. Amen. Amen. <clears throat> Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. I do take notes. Uh, so I, I hope that doesn't offend anybody. I do use notes. I, I don't just read a script up here. I just, uh, it's little points. So I don't forget things that the Lord gave me, and I pray that he gives me the grace to portray it the way he gave it to me. Amen? Amen. Is that all right? Amen. All right. So here what had happened, what had happened was, Paul found himself going through a storm. If we were to back up in chapter 27, we would find out that while he was prisoner on this ship, he goes through this great storm called Eurachlodon. You see, God was naming storms before the Weather Channel even thought about it. Amen. But he goes through this storm, and in, in the midst of all of this, the ship becomes broken, and they find themselves floating to an island that was close by. Now, when Paul comes in on these broken pieces, him and the other prisoners, the people who were native to the island received them with kindness. Amen. Now, we could preach about how there was a, a present rain that was going on and it caused the people to receive them. And we can talk about how through the rain that we're supposed to be walking in, we should receive people. But that ain't what God has for us tonight. Instead, what I feel like the Lord is wanting us to focus on is what happens after they're received. Amen. Paul finds himself going to gather some sticks to help with the fire. You see, when you go through storm and you go through trial, all the, all the, all the thing that you need is a little bit of fire to be rekindled in your life. And that's exactly what was getting ready to happen. The fire was getting stoked up. It was getting rekindled and they were getting ready to get hot again. My God, my God. Because of everything they had just been through, it was time to rekindle the fire. Amen. So Paul goes and starts gathering some sticks up. And when he gets a bundle of sticks together, he brings them to the fire. And the Bible tells us that he had placed them. Look with me. Verse 3. When Paul had gathered the bundle of sticks and laid them on the fire, there came a viper out of the heat. And it fastened on his hand. You see, the enemy will lay in waiting. When, when the storm doesn't take you out, he will then try to disguise and hide himself and allow you to start to get warmed up again. He'll let you get into a position where you can start to feel blessed again. He'll allow you to get into a position where you can start to feel comfortable again. But just when you start to get comfortable, he's waiting to strike. Oh, hallelujah. But the harder that you allow the fire to get is the shorter time that the enemy can lay in hiding. The harder that you let the fire get, it's the less time that he can hide. My God, my God. That he can hide from the presence of the Lord. Uh, sometimes we ought to pray God crank it up. Crank it up. I know, I, I know it's hot in this building. 
I, I, I sweat even when I just think about sweating. So, so sometimes we get uncomfortable in the flesh. But if we can ask God to turn up the heat in our spiritual walk, if we can ask him to turn up the heat in our spiritual lives, then we might be able to see some bondage burn up. We might see some chains loosened. We might see some things that's held us back. Be, oh, Jesus. Come on. Be consumed by the Spirit of God. Come on. Amen. Paul found himself in a place where he was tired. He was weary. He had just floated in from the sea. After going in the middle of a big storm, just floated in on some broken wood. Come in on broken pieces. But my God, if he had only seen ahead and knew that God was getting ready to send him out on something even greater. Ooh, that was preach right there. I tell you what. That's enough to make you want to shout. Amen. And he could have only seen the future. But he was tired. He was weary. But even in the midst of his weariness, he didn't stop working. Even in the midst of him being tired, he seen that there were others around him who were tired also. He seen that there were others around him who were weary also. He seen that there were others around him who had just went through the same storm. So what does Paul do? He makes a decision and says, you know what? They are in need, and I'm going to give what little bit I have left to, to let them get some old fire. See, the enemy thinks that if he can get us weary enough, we'll quit working. He thinks if he can get us weary enough, we'll quit preaching. We'll quit singing. We'll quit testifying. We'll quit, quit witnessing. We'll quit praying for folks. Oh, hallelujah. I don't have to tell anybody in here how crazy it's been over the course of the last two years. Oh, but the enemy thought if I can get them weary enough, if I can get them tired enough, they'll quit laying hands on each other. If I can keep them six feet apart and slap a mask over their face, they ain't going to witness to nobody anymore. Oh, but if he only knew, we may have come in on some broken pieces. they must have been built on. If, if a little bit of sickness could cause you to lay this thing down and quit, then I would have quit a long time ago. If a little bit of sickness could cause me to lay down and quit, I would have gave up a long time ago. Don't misconstrue what I'm saying. I'm not telling you that, that COVID wasn't real and that people wasn't getting sick and dying. I know people were dying. I know people was getting sick. And, and I know there's still people who's battling with with repercussions from, from having it and things like that. But what I'm telling you is that you either believe in the power of God or you don't believe in it. You either know that he's a healer or you don't know. You either trust that he that he's a protector or you don't know. My God. That you either lay down and quit or you decide, you know what? It was a it was a bumpy ride coming in. Everything looks broken right now. I see a bunch of broken pieces laying around. Oh, but Paul, even in his weariness, said there's still somebody who needs something. Somebody needs me to do what little bit I can. Even in the midst of the brokenness, somebody still needs you to do what you can do. Somebody still needs you to be obedient. Somebody still needs you to open up your mouth. Somebody still needs you to pray. But when doors start closing and the church gets quiet, a lot of people, they get discouraged. I can't tell you how many ministers I've seen take to Facebook and things like that who are just wanting to talk down and downgrade the bride of Christ. Talk about how bad everybody is now and how 
Everybody needs to just go ahead and quit. And, and, and because of their, their, their broken pieces, that they've had members fall away. They've had congregations fall short. They, they've had people question whether they need to come back. And, 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 and I can't tell you how many I've seen that say, well, they need to just go ahead and quit then because obviously God's pulled them away. But do you know that it's those little churches that stay open? It's those little places that, that, that had some broken pieces in it. That's not giving up on God. That's holding true. That's seeing growth take place. That it's those places that are seeing new members come in and people get saved. People get set free. People get delivered from demonic possession and oppression. People's lives being changed forever. Why? Because when things start to get quiet within the church realm. Oh, hallelujah. I'm thankful. That ain't going to quiet. Oh my God, my God. Why, preacher? What are you talking about? You're glad it got quiet. Because we God can get rid of the goats and separate some things. And it gets quiet enough that you don't just hear noise anymore. You can start to hear a sound of an abundance of rain that's getting ready to hit this place. That's getting ready to hit this nation and getting ready to hit this world. Amen. Amen. I'm not telling you that harvest is coming. A harvest is here. Amen. The fields are, are, are wide and ready for harvest. Amen. They're already ready. What I'm telling you is there is a restoration of laborers. A remnant of God's people that are getting ready to be raised up, that are going to push out the nonsense. There's a generation of people who are being raised up who's not going to let their necktie separate them from somebody's blue jeans. Who's not, oh my God, my God, I feel like preaching that. Who's not going to worry about the legalistic side of things, and they're just going to worry about the power. My God. That was a rabbit trail. It was free. <laughs> I'm just kidding. You have to look over me sometimes. I'm a nut. But I'm on the right boat. Amen. So Paul went through the storm. He had just dealt with some rain. Amen. He was tired. He was weary. But he seen that there was work that needed to be done. And when everybody else was weary from the same storm, everybody else was tired from going through the same battle, Paul said, you know what? I'm going to get up. I'm going to do what I can. And I'm going to go gather some wood to put on the fire. When everybody else is feeling weary, when everybody else is feeling weak, who will stand up and say, you know what? I'm willing to stoke the fire a little bit. I'm willing to press in when nobody feels like pressing. I'm willing to pray a little bit more when nobody's willing to pray. I'm willing to sing some praise when nobody wants to praise anymore. I'm willing to stand up when nobody else wants to. I'm willing to press my way in until I reach the throne room. I'm ready to press into the power of who he is. Amen. Come on. Paul said, everybody is in need, and I'm going to do what little bit I can. And he went and got some wood. And he took that wood, and he threw it on the fire. If you notice, that serpent didn't come out until the wood hit the fire. Because when things get hotter, the devil will reveal himself. He'll shout me down. When things get hot enough, the enemy will reveal himself. He can, he can hide out all he wants to until God turns the heat up. Until you decide, oh, I'm going to go ahead and take what I've got and put it in the fire. I'm going to take what I've got and set it on the fire. I'm going to let it get hot in this place. I'm going to let the Spirit of God burn within me so much that everything else that I touch catches on fire to me. Some of y'all missed a chance to shower. Come on. Man. He took the wood and he laid it on the fire. And here comes the serpent. Verse 4. Verse 3, I'm sorry. Says he laid the sticks on the fire, and there came a viper out of the heat, and it fastened on his hand. Man. It latched on. Stayed there. He got bit. I'd imagine that didn't feel too good. Anybody ever been bit by a snake in here? 
I haven't swung an axe yet. Has anybody ever been bit by anything? I have. I've got children. <laughs> I've been bit by kids and bit by a dog. I've been bit by a live wire once too. Yeah. That's when I learned to preach with my shoes on outside. <laughs> And the viper stayed on his hand. It latched on. And it says, and when the barbarian saw, this is verse 4, the venomous beast hang on his hand, they said among themselves, no doubt that this man is a murderer who, though he has escaped the sea, yet vengeance suffers not to live. You see, when people see that you have been bit, you may have just been through a storm. You may have come in on broken pieces. And then you take what little bit of energy you've got left to help them out. But the moment that the enemy is revealed and you get hit or you find yourself hit with the attack, the first thing folks want to do is start talking. Because people's going to be people. Amen. The first thing people want to do, I can't believe that about brother so-and-so. Oh, did you hear about sister so-and-so doing this? Oh, did you, did you see that happen? Oh, this, this happened in their life. They, they must really be, be doing something bad for God to allow that happen. Listen, the Bible says that it rains on the just and the unjust. The only difference is that if, it, if it's raining on you and you're under the blood, you've got an umbrella. And you don't have to worry about walking around soaking wet all the time. Oh, hallelujah. But eventually that rain's going to stop. But when they see the viper was latched on the pole, they immediately began to talk. And they started to say, this man's a murderer. This man's a thief. This man's wicked. There is something wrong with him. I've seen that he's been attacked. And I see the beast hanging on his hand. There has got to be something going on. Amen. You remember when the disciples came to Jesus. And they asked him. How the blind man was blind since his birth. What did he do? What did his mommy and daddy do? What did somebody Amen. do? And Jesus told him nobody did anything. He's blind so that God can be glorified. Amen. Sometimes there's things that happen in your life, but it's not because you do something to cause it to happen. It's just because God wants you to know that if you can trust me through the process, I'm going to allow you to walk in the promise. And you can just trust me through a little bit of it. I'm going to show you that I answer, that I respond, that when it looks like it's over, it ain't over yet. That when it looks like it's finished, it's not finished yet. Because man's word is not the final say. y'all but I've been lit before I've been attacked before I've been hit before I know what it's like to be doing what I can do even going through a storm and then trying to take what little bit of strength I got left oh Jesus to keep on working to keep on laboring and then you turn around just to get hit this happened to Paul and people started talking It says that no doubt this man is a murderer. He's escaped the sea, but vengeance is getting ready to take him out. Verse 5 says, And he shook off the beast into the fire, and he felt no harm. He shook it off. And he felt no harm. Can we go back here and just read something real quick? Look with me back to the beginning of verse 4. When the barbarian saw the... My God, somebody say it one more time. Venomous. Somebody say it one more time. Venomous. They saw the what kind of beast? Venomous. You know what that means? It was poison. It was dangerous. They knew it the moment that they laid eyes on it that it had poison within its mouth. And they seen its mouth attached to the hand of Paul. But I'm here to let somebody know today. 
that old serpent can't overcome. Amen. No matter how much he tries, right. no matter how much he bites, no matter how much he lies about it, no matter how much he talks of his talk, Whoa. And trust me, the devil likes to talk. He'll talk just as long as you listen, and he'll keep talking once you shut him off. Good. Uh, but if you submit yourself unto God and resist the devil, you have a promise that he will flee. My God. Amen. You have a promise that he will flee. Amen. Just when Jesus was in the wilderness, the Bible says he went out into the wilderness full of the Holy Spirit. Yeah. Fasted, and the enemy showed up. You know what he was doing? He was turning the heat up. Amen. So the enemy had to reveal himself. Amen. And here he comes, and he began to try and tempt Jesus. Amen. Every time he tempted Jesus, you know what Jesus did? He responded with the word. Uh, because the enemy cannot overcome the word. Well, I thought you said that he couldn't overcome the lamb. I thought you said he couldn't overcome the blood. Well, listen, Jesus said that he was the living word. John said it like this. He was the word made flesh, and he came to dwell among us. My God, in the beginning was the word, the word was God, and the word was with God. So the enemy can't overcome the word. Jesus responds with the word every time. And when he's done, the enemy leaves That's for right. a season. Amen. But the moment that he starts turning that fire back up, Amen. that old sleuth of things will come right back Amen. and try again. Amen. But if you could remember that even through your weakness, <clears throat> even after the storm, even, even when you're tired and this flesh wants to give up, mm-hmm. be not weary and well-doing. In due season. In due season. Oh, I said in due season. Somebody needs to grab hold of that in your pocket. I said in due season, you shall reap. In due season, you shall reap. You shall overcome. You shall get victory. You shall be restored. You shall have life and have it more abundantly. Oh, hallelujah. And you can just hold on through the weariness. And you can hold on through the attack. And you can hold on through the storm. You're getting they had looked a great while and saw no harm come to him. They changed their minds. Amen. Woo! Amen. Right. You know what I love about that pastor? The same folks who was just talking about Paul. The same folks who looked at him because he'd been attacked and said, oh, he must be evil. He must be corrupted. He must be some type of murderer. He must be this big fat dude. Ooh, hallelujah. The same people, all of a sudden, now they're looking at Paul and they don't see any harm coming. Oh, how do you know? That people are watching you. When you go through a storm and you deal with an attack, people are watching to see how you handle People are watching to see what you do with it. They're looking to see if you're going to get overwhelmed or your hands up and quit or if you're going to keep on crying out, Jesus, the same way you do when the bank account's full and nobody's messing with you. St. Paul. The only thing that was different was the attack and fell off because he shook it loose. And now they're looking at him and they see the response to the attack. That Paul's just going about his business, doing what he was doing, continuing to work, continuing to do what he was called to do. And they said, No, he was willing. Well, I know he got bit. I seen it happen there. How can you do that? How can you put a smile on your face when you've been going through everything you've been going through? How can you lift your hands up and give God praise 
when you've been dealing with so much hurt and so much rejection? How can you open up your mouth and say, I'm glad, I'm glad, I'm glad. Amen. When you've been going through every type of valley and every type of fire. See, people want to know, how can you handle it that way? Oh, it's not me that handles it, but it's the one that's residing in me. It's not me that does it, but it's the one who has redeemed me. It's the one whose blood was shed for me. It's the one who, oh, hallelujah. Who said that he would give me peace? That passes all understanding. It's the one who said that he would give me life and give me more abundance. Amen. Never told me that I wouldn't get bit. Oh, if anybody ever told you that this walk would be cupcakes and rainbows yeah. from the moment you give your life to Jesus, they're a liar. Yeah. But sometimes you're gonna get bit. Yeah. Sometimes you bite into one of them spiritual cupcakes and you find out it's old. Uh-huh. It wasn't baked in, in mama's bakery. Yeah. Right. You get a hold of something and you realize, uh oh. That ain't a God. Amen. People can talk it up good. They can make it sound good. They can dress it up real nice. Even put icing all over it. Make it look real pretty. We talking spiritual here. I'm talking about physical cupcakes. Though I do love physical cupcakes. (laughs) I'm talking about when people will dress it up and you wind up getting a hold of it. Or when the enemy dresses it up and we wind up getting a hold of it. Or we wind up getting hit with it. We wind up bit. But you can still come out victorious. You can still come out in victory. If you don't compromise. Don't give up. Don't quit. Thank you, Jesus. This is an hour when God is strengthening those who are still holding on. Those who are still enduring. Those who are still part of the remnant. Who who aren't worried about the chaos every time you turn on the television set. But instead of being overcome with worry and fear, you say, you know what? God done delivered once. He's going to do it again. You see, you have a promise in his word. Amen. That we will be more than conquerors. Amen. That we are overcomers. Yeah. By the blood of the Lamb. Yeah. And the word of our testimony. Amen. So that when you're feeling weary. Don't shut up. When you're feeling tired. Don't keep your mouth closed. You ought to open your mouth up in those moments. And go ahead and testify. Well I don't know who to testify to. Honey sometimes you got to testify to yourself. So Jesus does. Sometimes you've got to remind your atmosphere. I am not owned by the enemy, but I am bought with a price that was shed on Calvary's mountain. Because it ain't over until he says it's over. And I got news for you. If there is still breath in your body, it ain't over yet. Well, shout me down. If there's still breath in your body, it ain't over yet. Until my name has been called, and I find myself standing in front of the glory throne, or waiting my judgment, or he splits that sky open and yanks me up out of here, until. I find myself no longer presently on this earth in the physical sense. And I have a job to do. Amen. Amen. Well, not me. I ain't called to preach. Ah. You do have a job to do. Amen. When Jesus spoke and gave the Great Commission, he did not just pull the disciples aside. In fact, there were many people that followed the disciples to the top of that mountain because they got curious about what Jesus was fixing to say. Jesus opened up his mouth and he told them, he said, now go and make disciples in my name. Go and and tell them about who I am. 
Go and preach. Go carry my gospel. Go teach about me to every tribe, every tongue, and every nation. Go let the whole world know who I am and what I do. So until I am no longer physically breathing on this earth, I have a job to do, and so do you. That we cannot let weariness stop us. We cannot let the attack from the enemy stop us. We cannot let the fight from the viper stop us. But we have got to continue the work, shake it off, and let God continue on. I don't know what work that is. You got gifts, you got callings, there's anointings. Some of y'all sitting on your gifts. I know because he's told on me. Can I, can I just share something yeah. about the Lord? Is that all right? My wife and I, first year of our marriage, I was a police officer and she was a school teacher. I was working uh, night shift. She was working school hours. So by the time that I would be going to work, she would be going to bed. So we didn't see each other much. Then they switched me to second shift. I was working from 4 o'clock in the evening until about 1 and 2 o'clock in the morning. So we never saw each other then. And it, it got to the point that first year of our marriage that we it started slacking on our prayer lines. We started slacking on our reading. We, we were slacking on our walk. We, we wasn't running around and swooping and carrying on, you know. We don't start telling you we, we went out and was, you know, rolling up something to smoke or throwing back something to drink and, and get wild and crazy and all this kind of stuff. But we were still not serious with God. And we found ourselves in a place where we were about to call it quits. Every time we looked at each other, it was a fight. Couldn't be in the same room with each other. She slept on one end of the house, I slept on the other. Spent most of my time on the couch if I wasn't at work. She spent most of her time walking into the bedroom. We just couldn't stand to be around each other. Couldn't stand to even speak to each other. We didn't have kids at that time. And there was a crazy preacher coming to hold revival in Wayland, Kentucky. You can tell him I said this. <laughs> he was one of them wild fellers, you know. <laughs> My whole family was going to church at that time. And they kept asking us. Amanda's family was going there. They kept telling us, oh, come to revival, come to revival, come to revival. So we went and we put on our church smile. You know how you do. Yeah. You go in, you sit down. You sit beside each other, but you don't sit beside each other. Y'all know what I'm talking about? Yeah. And you don't have to raise your hand if you don't want to. It's all right. <laughs> Some of y'all married folks know what I'm talking about. But we had, we had just had an argument and we were getting ready to go and sign divorce papers the next morning. This was a Sunday evening. We had already discussed it. We was, we was ready to be done. We, we was going to drive to the courthouse. She was going to go before work and I was going to come after work and we was just going to meet each other there and we was going to sign papers and be done with it. In the middle of the sermon, the preacher stopped and we were we were sitting in our spot. You know, there was a spot we sat in in church all the time, and, and so nobody would know nothing. We sat in our spot all the time. Stopped in the middle of his sermon. Nobody knew anything that was going on between us. As far as anybody was concerned, we was happy newlyweds. And he pointed over at us. I remember right in the middle of preaching, I'll never forget. Because God used this to save our marriage. Thank you, Jesus. He pointed over and he said, God said it's time for you two to quit walking and mourning and love each other. And I remember in that instant, all of a sudden, I felt like something broke inside of me. And I found myself on my knees crying big crocodile tears, snotting. I don't know what she was doing. I'm assuming the same. But I couldn't see her through my tears. 
Next thing I know, at some point, we were just holding each other up at the altar. And God took us from that place and showed us that if we would just trust him, that if in our weariness we didn't allow the enemy to distract us, if we didn't get distracted by the bite and we shook it off anyway, that there was still work to be done. That we still have a call. We still have work to do for the Lord. Amen. That you may get bit, but you will not be taken by the poison. Unless you refuse to shake it loose. Amen. I'd like to get my wife to come to the piano just for a moment. Hallelujah. I know it's revival. I know we love to have those services in revival where the Lord's speaking and, and sending words to us and, and, and things like that. But I, I just I'm trying to be obedient tonight, if that's okay, Pastor. Amen. And I just feel like tonight. It, it, it is a time to break up the ground and get it ready for some new things to be planted. Because you can't have a harvest on fallow ground. Fallow ground, y'all know what fallow ground is, right? Y'all anybody at farms in here or raised a garden or anything? Fallow ground is ground that used to be good for growing, but then it gets hard because it sits too long. And the only way it can be used for growing again is you've got to be willing to break it up in order for something to be planted. So I'd like to ask everybody to bow your heads and close your eyes all over this place. Just 